0: You're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. Hello everybody. I'm back. It's a bit weird kind of being up here uh, for something completely different with a different microphone and, uh, and then popping down to then almost do like a quick change and come back up again. I thought about bringing a spare pair of clothes, but thought that would be a little much to kind of cram into a 60-second video. Um, so, as has been mentioned a couple of times, I'm going to be talking uh, through parables again today. We're in this uh, series of storytelling. Anybody love a good story? Can I let you into a secret? It's not. I mean, it's not massive secret. You know, like you can tell people. Like, it's not that sort of secret. Um, one of my favourite stories of all time. And this feels a little bit risky because it is a little bit geeky. And I don't know how you feel about that sort of stuff, right? So, my favourite stories. Some of my favourite stories of all time, are by a guy called J.R.R. Tolkien, The Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Okay, mixed feelings on that. Really interesting. Okay. Now, at the start of both of these stories, and this is kind of where I want to start, uh, both of them start with a party. They start with this celebration, this moment that happens at the beginning of both books. Um, But the title of those two introductory chapters uh, in 1937 and 1955, when the books were released, uh, is the first one is an unexpected party. An unexpected party. And then, how many years later, when Bilbo Baggins, the, the main character of The Hobbit, is celebrating his 111th birthday. That's a lot of birthdays, right? It's a big party. Uh, is a long-expected party. So you've got these two moments, one of which is unexpected, one of which has been long-expected, but both of them are celebratory. And it kind of reminds me of some of these stories of Jesus, some of these parables that we're going to be talking through. But actually, more than that, it reminds me of Jesus himself. Because you could say that Jesus was the long-expected king who came unexpectedly. You could say that Jesus is the long-expected king who came unexpectedly. Unexpectedly, And what I mean by that is Matthew's gospel, where we're going to be focusing today in Matthew chapter 13, verse 1, and then onwards. Um, in Matthew's gospel, the writer, Matthew, seems to be going to great lengths to show that Jesus is the long-expected king. This is as the story was meant to go. He starts with his lineage. His parentage showing that he's of the line of David, that he's from good royal stock. He shows that he was prophesied about in scripture, that this is the way that the story was always meant to go. He shows that he can do great miracles and signs and wonders and things that we would hope for from a king. And then something happens. Jesus opens his mouth and begins to teach. And suddenly people begun, begin to be less certain of who this Jesus is. Because they realize something. Though he may be the long-expected king, the kingdom he brings is unexpected. Right. It's not the kingdom they anticipated. It's not the kingdom they thought the Messiah would bring. They thought the kingdom would be brought through violence, through a sword, through the banishment of the Roman Empire. And yet as Jesus begins to teach about this kingdom, the kingdom that he brings, people begin to become uncertain. They go, well, hang on a minute. That's not what we expected, Jesus. That's not what we thought. And so what you see in Matthew's chapter 10 and 11 and 12 is you see this, kind of, this uncertainty, this unraveling of public opinion on who Jesus is. And people begin to ask questions. Some begin to say, no, he is the Messiah. Others go, no, no, that's not the kind of king we want. Or "He can't be. if he's going to be a king like that, then maybe he's not the king at all. And suddenly you've split the room. And all of that comes down to how Jesus taught through parables. How he explained things through parables about the kingdom of heaven. About the kingdom that he was bringing. And so I just want to tease through some of these things from the start of Matthew chapter 13 today. We're going to be looking at one of, I think, one of the most well-known parables in in the Gospels. The parable of the sower, it's often called. Sometimes the soil or the seeds. Anybody heard of that parable before? And so I have the immense privilege, honor, and challenge of trying to bring something new and fresh from one of the most well-known parables. And more than that, Jesus himself gives us the interpretation for it. So it's not like I can make anything up, right? Or like add anything, because Jesus has already done it, right? So we're going to go through this. But I wonder how many of you have ever said those words, that's not what I expected. Can you say it back for me? That's not what I expected. I remember being 18 years old, and uh, me and my friend Chris were both into motorbikes. Um, and uh, we'd, we'd been riding for a few years on sort of 50ccs, but he decided to do his full test. Wow. Oh and he was going to get a massive bike, it was 125, <laughs> which isn't like, much bigger than a 50, admittedly. Um, but it seemed big at the time, right? And so he rings me up one day and goes, Dan, I've, uh, I've bought this motorbike, I'm going to do my test. It needs a bit of work doing. Can I keep it at your house? Because um, your parents are kinder than mine. Right? <laughs> and, uh, and my parents won't let me. Um, but, but it just needs a bit of work doing to it. Um, can I keep it in your parents' conservatory? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Which wasn't what my parents were expecting but that was what happened and so for about six months we kept this bike in my parents' conservatory. They were really good parents. Um, and we, we did all manner of things to it. But the day he turned up with it, we, we'd have set a date. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring it around on this day. We'll get, it, we'll get it sorted. We'll get it into the conservatory. We'll set it up. We'll get all the tools out. We'll have a good look. He'd ordered like a Haynes manual so that we could do the work ourselves. He was like, it just needs a bit of work before it goes through its MOT. I was like, brilliant. We've got no experience as mechanics, but I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> right?" He then turns up, him and his dad, in his dad's car. And I go, oh, right, Chris is here with his bike. And then you go, hang on a minute. Chris is here with his bike, but he's arrived in his dad's car. And then he opens the boot. And out comes the chassis. And four boxes. (laughs) It's like, Chris... That's not what I was expecting, right? You said a bit of work. It was like, well, yeah, no, it'd be all right though. We've got the manual and we've got all the right, I think we've got all the right tools and we can buy whatever we need. And like, it will maybe just take us a few months to build a motorbike from scratch. <laughs> right? It had been broken for parts. It was fine, like there was nothing wrong with it. It wasn't like a kit bike. It had literally, it had been a motorbike at some point in its prehistory. And now it was a collection of small parts in boxes, but I'm sure it will be fine. It went through its MOT second time. I'm not bragging. The first time it failed on like a bazillion pages of things. But most of it was things like this nut needs to be a bit tighter rather than like there's a hole in the engine, right? And so we were pretty chuffed with ourselves at the age of 18. But I will never forget that moment where he turns up in his dad's car to do a bit of work. And I go, Chris, that's That's not what I was expecting. We need to have a conversation here, right? Because so much of how we interact with um, things that happen in our life, the way that we respond to things, so much of this has to do with what we expected to happen in comparison to what actually happened. Anybody found that in their own lives? Maybe you've you've been going into a day where you've gone, ah, this is the way the day's going to go. And for whatever reason, and whether it's been better or worse, that's just not the way that things have panned out. And you've got, that's just not what I was expecting. When our expectations, when our experience doesn't match our expectations, what often happens is disappointment. Especially if our expectations were higher than our experience. And I think this is what you begin to see at the ministry of Jesus, as he begins to teach in parables and teach about the kingdom of God. You get this mixed match between people's expectations of the type of king Jesus would be and their experience of the kingdom that he's bringing. And so I think you get people all over the Gospels going, but Jesus, you weren't meant to turn up with a box in the back of your dad's car, right? You weren't meant, it was meant to be more together than this, Jesus, right? And yet through the teaching on parables, you see Jesus just begin to close that gap between our expectations of the type of kingdom that he's bringing and our experience of that same kingdom. And so right at the beginning, he says this. He says, what do you make of this? A farmer planted some seeds. As he scattered the seeds, some of it fell on the road and birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel. It sprouted quickly, but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds. And as it came up, it was strangled by those same weeds. Some fell on good earth and reproduced a harvest beyond the farmer's wildest dreams. Are you listening? Are you hearing this? A farmer one day went out to sow some seeds. Some fell on rocky soil, some fell in gravel, some fell on ideal soil, some fell on a path. All different seeds. And I've heard preachers, you'll have heard Sunday school teachers and sermons on this over the years if you've grown up or been around church long enough of of maybe we're, The sower in this story, just throwing things of the kingdom out into our world. Maybe we are. Maybe we're the seed that God is just sprinkling out. He's just throwing, going, go, spread the kingdom, grow the kingdom, grow wherever you land. But I wonder whether we're maybe the soil too. Are we the seeds, are we the sower, or are we the soils? today I don't know what you think I don't know how many sermons of this you've heard but has ever has it ever occurred to you that we may not be the seed in this story the seed is the news of the kingdom being thrown God is constantly just throwing news of this good kingdom news or opportunities for its growth he's just scattering it constantly throughout time and space opportunities for the kingdom to grow that's his job, right? That's what God does. It's what God did through Jesus, but what God continues to do to this day, on a daily basis, in time and space, even here in Scunthorpe, I believe God is throwing seed for the kingdom. being like, come on. All it's got to do is fall somewhere where it can grow. But notice this. All of the seeds grow. All of them germinate. He's got immense confidence in the seed's ability to take root and to grow. What changes is how successful the plant becomes, how long it continues to grow. So God is throwing out seeds that will grow. How they grow depends on the soil. And so I just want to spend a few moments longer today just talking about some things to do with soils because Jesus goes on to say this he says study this story of the farmer planting seeds when anyone hears news that's the seed when anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in it just remains on the surface the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of the person's heart this is the seed the farmer scatters on the road it's the only seed The only seed that just... It had all of the same capacity, all of the same potential, all of the same energy that the rest of the seeds had. All of the same capacity for growth, tied up within this one small thing. And yet where it falls, changes how it grows. Now you could say, now come on farmer. You want to be responsible with the news that you have. You want to be responsible with the resource that's in your hand. Surely, as a good farmer, you would be more selective about where you throw the seed. I took up gardening over lockdown, and I've learned over the last couple of years that sowing seeds is actually a really inefficient way of planting seeds. Right? I want to get a small container, two or three seeds, and I want to be purposeful, right? because I've only got however many I've bought. I've only got this much soil, and yet that's not how God's kingdom works. He is the sower, and he's just handful after handful just being flung out with seemingly no thought to where that seed will land, and yet he just keeps throwing. And I wonder whether we sometimes struggle to accept the news Of God's kingdom whether that be for the first time or perhaps we see something different of the kingdom that he's bringing and you go hang on that's not quite what I expected and I just wonder as we grow and as we learn and as we consider what it is that God's asking of us in this season of what it means to carry his kingdom from here into the there and the everywhere I wonder whether we encounter things that God is asking of us and we go, oh, hang on a minute. I know I've accepted Jesus, right? But what he's asking of me as part of this kingdom isn't quite what I expected. And I wonder whether we miss so much of the seed that God is throwing because we become like the path. Set in our way, solid, immovable, unable to grow seed and I just wonder whether some of us have that whether you've accepted Jesus into your life before and now suddenly you find yourself becoming hard to the things that he's asking of you you become set in the path that you believe he would laid out for you and by doing so we struggle to grow the very things that he's throwing our way and I just wonder whether some of us I like the path this morning. He goes on to say this. He said, The seeds cast in the gravel. This is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. Gravel is a really easy place to grow seeds. You'll see it sometimes in horticultural settings. They'll use gravel beds because the roots don't have to work hard to break down the soil. There's space for them to grow into. And so suddenly they push out roots and the growth is huge. But I'll tell you what gravel doesn't have. Nutrients. There's no food for the plant. It's got loads of space for the plant to grow into, but there's nothing in it to feed the plant. And I wonder whether we see this more often than not within life. We fall into a new environment that seems to have a load of space, and you go, wow, look at all this opportunity for growth. And we push out roots, and we grow tall and strong, and and then suddenly we begin to wilt, or we become... Plants will become yellow, nutrient-deprived, and we just begin to shrivel because although there's space for us to grow into, there's nothing feeding us anymore. And so I wonder, as God calls us out into new territories, into places where there seems to be space, you may be looking at a workplace or a voluntary thing that you do outside of church or Volunteering for one of our teams here at New Life. Go, there seems to be so much space. Yeah. But is there nutrients? That's good. Yeah. Are you going to be fed while you grow? Because that's that will determine the success of growth. That'll determine how well the plant does. Not just day after day or week after week, but year after year after year. It's not the space that limits the plant initially. But the nutrients. And so I wonder whether some of us here this morning are a little gravelly. We've gone, we've moved into a place of space. And as I've gotten bigger and as I've stretched out into this new place that I believe God had scattered me to, maybe I need to work to bring some nutrients into my life, to add some things to my seed bed. So that I can grow not just quickly but with strength. And perhaps we struggle to accept the news of the kingdom because it doesn't seem as easy as we thought it would. That great enthusiasm, hey, this is easy, look at all this space. And then suddenly things become more difficult, things become labored. We begin to become weary, not because there's not space, but because there's not nutrients. And I just wonder whether sometimes we become disillusioned or disappointed because things aren't as easy long-term as we expected them to be. I wonder. The seeds cast in the weeds, Jesus says, is the person who hears the kingdom news. But weeds of worry and illusions about getting more or wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard and nothing comes of it. We live in a societal and cultural moment plagued with anxiety. We've seen a huge boom in not just anxiety, but other mental health challenges over the last two years. We've all been through an awful lot. Lockdown has done some strange things to the best of us. And one of the things that I'm noticing, and not just I'm not a professional in this area, but as I speak to people who are, or as I listen to those who are working in fields of mental health, you realise that our baseline levels of stress are just a little higher than they were two and a half years ago. Of all the things we've experienced, of all the uncertainty, of all the challenges, of all the not knowing what was going to happen, of all of the fear that we've experienced... We've just been topped up slowly but surely with feelings of anxiousness, of worry. And our capacity to be able to handle that has shrunk. Not because we're any smaller than we were before, but just because we're slightly fuller than we were before. And so maybe you may find yourself with a slightly shorter fuse than you had before lockdown. Do you know, I think that's understandable. You may struggle to cope with the things that life throws you. Do you know, I think that's reasonable? I don't think you're alone in that. I think we're experiencing it as a nation. I think if you look out across the globe, it's not just our culture and our context, our society that's experiencing this, but the world over are struggling with feelings of anxiousness, of worry, for seemingly no reason now. Because, hey, everything's better now, right, isn't it? Things have gone back to the way they were before, sort of. (laughs) Not realising the impact that the last two years has had will have an ongoing impact for so many people for so long. And that's both for those of us who realise the impact of the last two years. But I think more often than not, we have no clue the impact until suddenly we find ourselves where we go, I just feel full. I'm full of anxiousness and I don't know where that's come from. And my worry is, is that as we step out and as we call people to step out into the things that Jesus has got for them, that the weeds that have grown in our lives over the last two and a half years begin to inhibit, to strangle, to choke out the good things of the kingdom that Jesus is trying to grow in us and through us. And I know that Jesus will sort it all out in the end. There's another parable that follows this one. We're not going to go into it today and I don't think we're touching on it in the series. So I'm hoping I'm not going to spoil somebody's thunder in a few weeks. But it's the parable of the wheat, the wheat and the tares. Right? A farmer goes out one day to sow some seed and he's just throwing wheat, throwing wheat, throwing wheat. And he goes away and he comes back and his farmhand goes, boss, something's gone horribly wrong. All these weeds have grown up within the wheat. Do you want us to weed them out? Do you want us to go through, God, and sort out all of these things that have grown up in our lives? And sometimes the answer is yes, we need to pull some things from the roots. And other times God looks at us and goes, let them grow together. Let them grow together. Because one day it will be harvest time. And at harvest time I will gather all of the wheat and all of the weeds together. I'll gather all things to me. And I'll just separate them out. And what will be left will be the good things that God has grown. But here's the catch. What things are growing in your seedbed that are a risk To the things that God is growing here and now because he will sort these things out one day but that doesn't mean that they won't impact on the here and now while they're here God will handle it he will I believe that God will make things right that have gone wrong in this world at the end of all time at the end of all space God will gather us to himself and he will separate out the things that have grown wild in our lives. And what will be left will be the things that he destined and determined to grow within us. But the impact of the weeds on us in the here and now may just choke out some things that God is trying to grow in us and through us. And so my encouragement to you will be to have a good look at your bed. God, what is it that's What is it that's growing in my life? Is there anything I can weed out without damaging the good things that have been grown? Is there anything I can pull? Go, do you know what? That's not helping the things that God is trying to grow in me. And I just wonder whether perhaps we struggle to accept and expand this kingdom that God has called us to simply because of other competing desires or kingdoms. Other things we serve. Other kings we follow. And we know that Jesus is the king. We know that his kingdom is true. And yet there's just other stuff, isn't there? Or is it just me? Stuff that just grows up in our lives. Other things that we go, oh, that plant looks nice. (laughs) Hey, look at the shade from that. (laughs) And yet is it? the thing that God sowed into us? Is it the thing that he needs to come to fruition in order for his kingdom to expand here in Scunthorpe? Lastly, Jesus says this, the seeds cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in the news of the kingdom and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. What's in your soil today? I'm gonna invite the band back up to lead us in a time of worship, but just as they come, I want us to labor on this thought for a moment. It's something I've learned through the last couple of years through gardening. (laughs) I hope it's helpful to you as we consider our own soils, the things that we grow stuff in, right? Do you know what's in your soil? Do you know how it came to be there? Whenever you're planting a veg patch or a bed, or you move into a new allotment or you move house, if you want to grow some good things, some things that are going to bear fruit in the season, one of the things that they will always, always, always encourage you to do is to get to know your soil. What kind of soil have you got? Have you got clay soil? Because that will determine how much you need to water it. Because it will hold water and you'll drown your plants if you overwater it. Have you got stony soil? Because hey, stuff will grow quick, but you might need to add some nutrients to it. And you'll need to water it more regularly because it will just drain right through it. Have you got sandy soil? Where when the wind blows, things may struggle to hold their roots because there's no weight to it. And so as we consider the parable of the soils this morning, I want to ask you the question, what's in your soil? Do you know what's in your soil? The things that have been deposited in you over the years, the stones that people have thrown, the sand that makes it difficult to hold on when things are tricky, The clay that just seems to hold on to everything that we pour in. Do you know what soil you have in your soul? And the impact that it will have on the things that God is trying to grow in you. Because we've all walked through some stuff, not just in the last two years, but over our whole lives. Everything we are, everything we've experienced, everything we've seen, heard and done goes into our bed of soil. We pick up stuff along the way. We add stuff to our own beds. Other people add stuff to our beds. (laughs) And before you know it, you arrive at a place where you go, do you know what? I don't even know what's in my grow bed anymore. I don't know what's in there or how it came to be there. I may not know what's in your soil. And if I'm honest there's a whole lot of stuff in my soil that I'm still getting to know (laughs) but I do know this I know this not just because I'm a gardener because I try and grow stuff for fun I know this because Jesus tells us in this parable the things that are in your soil will have a direct impact on the kingdom of that God is trying to grow in you and through you. And so we must get to know our soil. Time is almost gone. And so all I'm gonna do is just ask you to stand. I'd love to pray for you. But as the band lead us in this final song or songs, I want you to ask God for something if you dare for two things God would you show me the weeds in my life the things that have grown in me that are inhibiting your kingdom that are preventing your kingdom from growing in me will you show me those weeds God and will you help me to have the courage and the bravery them from the roots and the second thing is this God will you help me to get to know my soil the stuff that has been poured into me over my life you know at the start of this year I came to a realisation that I knew far less of what was in my soil than I thought I did. Some things that had grown up in my life that weren't healthy, weren't helpful, weren't the things that God had poured into me, and had rather a scary moment of realization that I probably didn't know myself as well as I thought I did. I don't know whether you've ever been in a similar place, but that is scary. And maybe some of you this morning will need to go on a journey similar to mine. So at the end of January this year, I started counselling to help me get to know my soil. (laughs) I haven't planned on sharing this this morning, but I hope it's helpful. because there are professionals both within church and outside of church whose speciality is helping people get to know what's in their soil the stuff that's been poured in over the years that you've never given a second thought to and through conversation and through questions and through more experiences of sieving through the stuff in people's lives than I have help you to figure out what's in your soil and how that's impacting upon what you've grown without overstressing it counselling has changed my life continues to I'm not there yet (laughs) but I think I'm way more familiar with the stuff that's in my soil than I was a year ago Some of you will be going, I don't need that. No, you may not. But maybe you do. So those two things. God, help show me the weeds in my life that have grown up, that are now choking out the things that you're trying to grow in me. And God, show me the things that are in my soil. The things that will impact your ability to grow your kingdom in and through me when we pray close your eyes where you are if you find it helpful to focus you just pop your hands somewhere near your heart Jesus we thank you for this parable for the things that you're revealing to us through it we thank you that for whatever reason you choose us to grow things through Would you help us first and foremost to identify the things that have grown within us that are preventing your kingdom from growing to its fullness? But would you help us over the coming days, weeks, months, even years, to get to know the stuff that's in our soil bed some of the things that you've poured in as a good farmer some of the nutrients and fertilizer and stuff that helps us grow would you help us to get to know the stones and the clay the things that make growing difficult or mean that we just hold on to stuff for way longer than we were intended to Would you, in your wisdom and by your spirit, help us, Lord Jesus? In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.